Welcome to devmode.fm, a podcast dedicated to the tools, techniques, and technologies used in modern web development. I'm Andrew Welch from NY Studio 107, and here, on location in Sydney, Australia, I have Matt Barron. Matt, how you doing? I'm good, thank you, Andrew. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for coming on, and we wanted to talk to you today about exiting the tech business, you know, giving the giving the bird to the tech business and saying goodbye, right? Yeah, well, it's certainly an interesting, uh, an interesting podcast idea, it's certainly different from any other ones in the tech industry. Yeah, we're um, usually encouraging people to learn, people to do something, and now we're talking about getting the hell out, right? Exactly, yeah. So let me, let me set it up for yeah, you. Yeah. So if you, were, if you were out on Fraser Island in Queensland, Australia... And you are hunting the dingo that stole your baby, and your mate that, <laughs> and your mate that was helping you find the hunt the dingo turned to you and said, "Hey, why would anyone leave the tech business? What, what would you tell them?" Uh, right, I'd say that you know my reason. My reason is that I've I've been working for in the tech industry now for 28 years, something like that. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been great. I've traveled all over the world, done all sorts of things. You got to be quick, man. The dingo's running off That's with your right. baby. I would say just get out there and do something else. You know, yeah. it's a big world. Right. Um, you know, it, it's great sitting behind you, but sitting at laptops and traveling around and everything. But at certain stage in your life, it's nice to get out and do something completely different. At some point, you want to see the world with your eyes, not through the screen. Exactly. Is what you're telling me. Yeah. So just to give people some background on you. So you have been in the design business for a long time. Like, how did you get your start, like doing any kind of design? Uh, originally, I, I think I kind of crashed out of school at about 16. Didn't enjoy school. So I just left and went surfing and hung out and played guitar. So you had your midlife crisis at 16? I had one of the many midlife one of, crises One of many, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. And um, so I was doing that. I wasn't really doing anything in particular, anything interesting. And my my father had left from New Zealand. I grew up in New Zealand. He'd left from New Zealand, went to Holland and started a travel agency over mm. there. He had, That was his midlife crisis. Mm. You know, and he, he asked me to come over there and help them do these brochures. He said, you know, you need some job. Get off your ass and learn something. Right, right. <laughs> Earn your keep, kid. Yeah. So I know I was probably about 17, 18 then. So I went over to Holland and no idea what I was doing. No, I mean, I'd always been into photography, and but really no idea about design. Got a copy of Corel Draw. Oh my God, Corel Draw. I think it was probably, I mean, even back then it was probably Corel Draw 11 or something. Oh I mean, my God. Got that and got an old deer. That was sort of, an, for anyone who doesn't know, and this predates probably a lot of people, that was sort of like an Adobe Illustrator precursor yeah, wannabe yeah, kind of. That like sort a, of tried to do everything. Right. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't have any background and know much there wasn't there was no real internet it was probably in the early 90s yep probably just after CompuServe sort of time oh god so, yeah you know around then but um so i went over there and got the didn't know anyone over in holland got the manual the huge thick printed manual that you used to get and just taught myself how to do it and you know made a whole lot of mistakes failed all sorts of things in fact what happened was i ended up designing all the brochures and they were happy with them all the okay. travel brochures yeah they sent them off to the printers and the printers just redid them all did, uh, did they pay you anything for uh well i was uh, i got a flight over there okay for, well you know, fair enough so, yeah, yeah, yeah no it was great yeah. compensation yeah but i found out that i that i quite enjoyed it and i, I didn't you know i mean I wasn't great at it, but, and so I started, I went back to New Zealand again and started learning over there on my own. And, you know, that was the great thing I thought at the time is that the only thing that stopped you from learning anything was if you didn't have a computer or you didn't have any time or, right. and so I could just, just or, or even some people that I knew some people that didn't have computers because, you know, their parents couldn't afford it or whatever, but they would go to like the library or yeah. some other yeah. public place and just spend hours and hours there. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was, I mean, I, it was a way that I didn't have to go to university um, right. and I just taught myself. So I started, I, I got a few cheap jobs in New Zealand and then I got a copy of Adobe Photoshop 3, I think, when I bought an A4 <laughs> scanner. <laughs> 
and, uh, oh, and that was God. it really. That was that, and that was that was still on PC. So for full disclosure, when I met Matt, I met him virtually because I was pulled into a company called Society One to do consulting work, and Matt was on there as the senior designer, right? So that was sort of a, a fintech company, right? So it you, was, yeah. 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 So yeah, and still is. I don't mean to imply that they don't exist anymore. But I have worked with Matt for God, like what, four or five years yeah. in one capacity or another, and we we become friends. But this is the first time that we've ever met. Right? It is, yeah. yeah. Yep. So we met yesterday, which was great, you know, and, and full kudos to Slack for being yeah. a tool that, is, <laughs> right, that right, allow, right. you know, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's lots of other messaging apps and there has been over the years, but yep. Slack seemed to be a, a great one to, to, to bridge that gap, you know, right. and it, it's just so freeform and flowing. And so me and Andrew have got a pretty good relationship, yep. I think, over the last, you know, a huge distance, but over five years. And it's know. funny because you mentioned CompuServe earlier that yeah. probably no one has ever heard of. Did you know that General Electric also had a service back then? Like they oh, were, right. they were, they were on the cutting edge of this stuff, <laughs> like a, a stodgy old company like General Electric, they had a service it's called Genie, G-E-Nee, like Genie. Yeah. And it was sort of like CompuServe-esque, right. you know? And I actually, I remember using it back when I was a kid. But in any event, so you were on at Society One as a lead designer. And in addition to design, like you, you were not just a designer, you also did HTML, CSS, and you did some twig coding and a whole bunch yeah. of other stuff, right? Yeah, that was, you know, when I started, there was, there was no internet design, no web design, no apps or anything, obviously, it was a long time ago. Yeah. But I moved over to England and worked over there for 15 years, started a business, did all sorts things over there yep. and it, we went from original from print design you know and we were right on that cusp of print going into web and you know we went from almost well, probably almost 100% web, mm. 100% print, sorry, to nearly 100% web. And I learned a little bit of Dreamweaver in the in the early days. Mm-hmm. Then I got really busy with the business and I kind of got out of it. I didn't really, it, it, as it started to progress into getting out of Dreamweaver, I uh, started to just concentrate on the design and the creative direction. So I sort of got out of the out of the coding and it used to, the uh, the more web design we did, the more frustrated I'd find myself getting with, <laughs> with the handover between design and developer. Right, it, it's right. no one's fault. It just, there's a, there was a cusp where, where you kind of came together and everyone hated everyone else just you know can designers saying can you move that two pixels over here and no that's too far can you move it back and develop so you're wait hold on so yeah. your journey into doing development was just you were annoyed with developers like screwing yeah, things up kind I, no, of right no, you annoyed. give them a design and they <laughs> screw it up so you're like Screw it. I mean, I'm just going to do it myself. I think I was more annoyed with, with the, the real subtlety of design, of design translation to code. Ah, okay. It wasn't so much the developer. I mean, we got to, I worked with some incredibly smart developers. It was more just that, you know, there's a there's a very fine line in the end just finessing that design part, which I would get frustrated more for myself, I think, right. than, than any... It was like, why can't I do that effectively, you know, rather yeah. than... And so I started using DevTools, and I just copy, you know, do it in DevTools, copy, paste it, send it to the developer. Well, I think you can be really good. You can be smart smart and still be stupid right but also yeah. <laughs> different people go into different professions because they're good at different things so my wife is a designer as well right and she works with a team of programmers and they will get stuff wrong in terms of the mm-hmm. translation just because they won't see certain yeah, things like exactly. do you not notice that this is not the same size as that or I, this isn't perfectly and centered don't notice and that's fine and right? some developers like they just like that's not their thing that's that's like um it's like a, a an implementation or a detail that doesn't matter yeah, but if you're yeah. a designer that detail matters so much yeah. you know or yeah people just don't notice the little subtle detail and to be fair i mean most people in the, in the real world don't notice either but right. as, as designers <laughs> you know I think that it sort of came about for me that I really wanted to learn coding was when I'd see websites that go out you know and that I'd done and big websites small websites whatever and they'd be kind of like 
90% there mm, of right. what I thought, but everyone would be clapping me on the back, oh, it's great, you love your design, but I was yeah. never quite happy with how it came out. Mm. You know, you, you sort of, as a designer, you'd love to be able to take it back and just sit there on your own and yeah. polish that last bit, you know, not it's like any... It's almost like a photocopy of the original, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't yeah. have quite the, yeah. it's not yeah, quite it's, what it should be. But nobody else notices but you do, and it sort of played on me over, over the over the years so yeah when I was at Society One I was lucky to be working with Simon Vrashliotis who has been on here a couple of times yep. Simon Swiss is more known, more well known and I took him on as a front end developer who loved design because that was what I desperately needed in that right. business and we ended up working becoming great friends and, and you know me Simon and Andrew are really good friends now and he taught me a lot of coding and a lot of and basically we had a lot of freedom in that business I think we were the only yeah. tech people you could pretty business. much do yeah. whatever you wanted to because the, the leadership didn't really have a handle on you you guys were no, you guys yeah. were kind of free range yeah. you know we were able to do whatever you wanted really so we were quite lucky in that and I learned an awful lot you know yeah I learned pretty much all CSS and SAS which I you know I know a lot of people don't like I happen to really like it and I understood yeah. it and and you know you get to that point where you can you can really finesse stuff and right. you know exactly how you're going to do right. it well and to get back to your point about a lot of people in the real world might not notice if the design was exactly perfect they might not be able to articulate it but something that I have been aware of is that the impact the design will make on somebody, like they will subconsciously notice if something isn't quite right. They wouldn't be able to tell you that this margin isn't right or there isn't enough white space there, but they get like an uncomfortable feeling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so working working at Society One was was great the way that Simon and I and Andrew got to work together and and kind of crafting the experience that we we wanted to do. And also, you know, we sort of used it as a learning platform for all of us, you know, let's try try this out. Let's try this technology out. I mean, we... Well, that was when Simon took his famous Christmas holiday where he took it upon himself to just refactor the whole site yeah. using tachyons That's right, right yep. got super excited he was like it was like it was kind of like um someone from the jehovah's witness was like knocking on <laughs> yeah. your door because anytime you talk to him he was yeah. ranting yeah. about you know utility first css but but yeah the freedom was there to do that and the interesting thing about you is that you know coming from your self-taught design background you also were then self-taught in terms of html css sas you were even doing some twig stuff with with craft and i'm giving this back background on you just so other people realize that you know you were pretty steeped in the tech business yeah. and have for a really yeah. long time and, and so we're currently or as of like a couple days ago right as of, yeah, you fine. were at a organization called think mill which is a very prestigious especially in the react community front-end development place right yep yeah so i've been working there for just about a year now probably mm. exactly a year i think we are a big react dev house and design agency we kind of we we are an agency but we, we well we were we are we function less like a traditional agency. We don't mm. do campaign work or anything like that. We did, we did just last week put on a the React Conf Australia conference. Yeah, React um, React Australia. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. big big conference. I did a lot of work on that, a lot of design work on that. I went out a funny. I went to dinner last night at a place across the street from my hotel here, and there's a guy sitting there with a girl wearing a React Conf Australia T-shirt on. There you go. I would have just. I, I was, <laughs> was going to go up and talk to him, but I'm just like, nah. Like I don't want to ruin his date. With, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but Thinkmill is there are a lot of a lot of very interesting characters that have come out of there in terms of influence on the React and, and JavaScript world, and it's it's a very development centric yeah, agency, yeah. right? Yeah, a lot of clever people. Great, you know, it's been it, it was a great experience. Probably the the best place I've worked at uh, right. in the last four or five years. So, or, or, you know, quite a while. One of the best companies I've worked at, and a great team of people that really play to their own skill sets mm. and just 
basically no bullshit was, right. and that's a that's a classic agency term um, that just about all agencies use. You know, they're all no bullshit, but Thinkmill actually was. You know, <laughs> and I, it was a it was just a great place to so work. So you have to say it twice. You have to say no bullshit, no bullshit, like because yeah, it's usually like bullshit yeah, yeah, yeah. when they say they're no bullshit. Okay. Well, I've heard yeah. it a lot over the years. You okay. Know? Like right. we, you know, we we play it, we we say it like it is, but right. it, it's not really. Well, a lot of times corporations remind me of of toddlers mm. in that they'll learn certain words and they'll just keep repeating them but they don't really know yeah. what they mean yeah. right so there you, you'll hear these like you know a decade ago it was synergy and you know yeah. they, they, you'll hear yeah. these buzzwords that they will all just start parroting but they don't necessarily embrace them you know or they live them on you know there's a lot of living them on the surface right but um, as soon as it comes to clients saying anything oh no no yeah sure we'll do oh yeah right. say client, you know <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Well, so I think the reason why I wanted, again, some background on you is, okay, so you're working at ThinkMill. You're working at this fantastic place. You're reunited with, with Simon, right? Why? Why are you leaving? This this sounds yeah, like almost yeah. <laughs> like a the apex of a mountain in some ways. Like what what is going on? You, you know, you're completely right. That is, this is, ThinkMill, I think, is my ultimate place to be working mm. in terms of you know, the work we're doing with people and the kind of culture that we have. And so it's been a really hard decision to to quit, not only Thinkville, but quit the entire industry. Mm. It sort of came about, I've been feeling in a little bit of a rut for a few years now. <clears throat> not to, I still enjoy design. I still enjoy the culture and the people I work with, but I, it's just something been nagging at me for the last couple of years. Mm. And last, probably sort of middle, late, late, late last year, I said, well, what am I going to do about this? How, you know, what? And I had this moment where I thought, well, I've got one more day to live. Um, which, you know, I was just thinking, I've got one more day to live. Wait, you're not going to spend that last day designing a logo? No, I'm not. Are you no, sure? Actually not, no. <laughs> so what's oh the one God. thing that I'd like to do more than anything else on earth? And, All right. You know, interestingly enough for me, it turned out to be that I'd like to drive a road train in the Australian outback. All right, you got to explain I'll to everybody ex- what, a, what a road yep. train is. So Google it for a start. Uh, I don't think you're going to get anything. You're not going to get anything too weird, I don't think. Uh, you well, never know. You never know. But it's uh, it's they're basically extremely large trucks that uh, carry supplies out to like remote regions and mines in the outback. Yeah, like we would call it in the US, we'd call it a big rig or a semi yeah, or a tractor you, trailer. Instead of towing one trailer, you yeah. tow three. Or you can do three? You can do four. Whoa. Yeah. 54 and a half meters. Because I, I remember in where I grew up was in Connecticut and they had tractor trailers and I forget what they called it, but they had two hitched together, like one it's one back to back, right? Don't they call them turnpike doubles over there? I, I don't know. I don't remember what it was and called. And they only run in certain states. Well, and yeah. what happened was there was a bad accident where it jackknifed, right? right? And it took out a bunch of people and the, the state just completely banned them. This is totally bad. Yeah. So you're saying here you can have four of them strung together? You can in certain areas. I mean, Australia, you know, we're not in the... Not that really is more of a train than a truck. It's a road train. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Damn. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, All right. Hence the name. All right. It, makes sense now. It came about... I mean, it's one of the... You know, as, as a kid, that was one of the things I really loved was, mm. you know, like a lot of... I don't want to say a lot of a lot of boy kids, but girls as well. But, you know, these sort of things that when you're young, you know, you look up to big machinery and... Mm. and, and you know, for me, it was trucks and diggers, and mm. and I and I really liked that when I was when I was younger. And when I sort of when I was five, six, seven, I, I remember being really into, it and I used to draw lots of trucks and diggers and things. And I always had this sort of desire to go to go driving. And one of the, one of the reasons was that I just really liked big trucks and big machines. And the other reason I just liked that idea of escape and open road. Sure. And you know, where you're on the highway, you see a truck. Where is that truck going? You know, you know where it's coming from, where it's going, what it's right. carrying, and just something about that mystery of 
of travel and, and... Yeah, because people that work office jobs typically see a very, very small part of the world in which they live, you exactly. know? Yeah. In fact, in the yep. city that they live, like if you... That's something interesting that people that have started wearing smartwatches and Fitbits, right? You can actually generate a map and you can see like yeah. how much of the, the city you live in you actually yeah. cover. And for a lot of people, it's the, the tiniest little thing. Mm. You know what I mean? It's basically from home to work to wherever you pick up the essentials you need to yeah. live and very occasionally trip out of very occasionally yeah. something wanders off somewhere yeah and that's that's true I'm guilty of that as well and I think that's well, everybody, one, of the, everybody. One, of the, yeah. one of the reasons that like I live in a beautiful part of Sydney at the, uh, up the coast it's on the peninsula right up the very top of, of Sydney yeah. and it's a great place to live you're by the beach but you're also trapped in this peninsula that's quite hard to get out of you mm. come through Sydney to get out anywhere and so you spend a lot of time in the same little area well, I think that that's universal because, yeah. so for instance, I, the first marathon I ever ran was the Avenue of Giants. It's just through the Redwood Forest in California. And I remember meeting a girl there. I don't remember in what context or whatever, but I was just talking to her and she lived there. And I'm like, oh, you know, we've been to the Redwood Forest. And she's like, no. Yeah. So she was yeah. in her early twenties, had grown up next to this amazing bit of nature and had never been there. Mm. Like never. Well, you could, <laughs> Australia, right? Most of it's outback. You could probably count on one hand the amount of Australia. Australians that have been to the right to Uluru or even like or Fraser Island for instance yeah. you know like the, in our example where you're chasing the dingo that stole your baby <laughs> I'm, I've talked to people yeah, I've been to Fraser Island but I talked to people I meet here and a lot of them have never been and it's a yeah. beautiful place yeah. you know it's yeah I mean it, it, it happens everywhere you're exactly right yeah I think it's universal and you know, it, I think that's you know, in some ways, it's easy. It's a nice, it's a nice, safe existence. Mm -hmm. Of course, these days you do get people traveling around and working more on laptops. And, and yep. you know, I'm Think Mill has a great remote culture, remote working culture, and I, I'm I've always been a huge fan of remote working. So right. I I do that a lot, but it still hadn't been enough for me to mm. you know to kind of think I'm getting towards 50 now right and there's a whole lot of world out there I don't really necessarily I've done a bit of, I've done quite a lot of traveling around the world it's not yeah how many of those countries that you listed that you've been to are you legally allowed to return to uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, most of them you should, most of them okay all right fair <laughs> enough yeah um so it's not so much like traveling around the world. I mean, that's that's great. And, and, and it was more just traveling around the, the country that I'm living in now mm. and getting paid getting paid to travel and waking up in a different place every day. Right. And so I've decided to make it happen. And I spent the last six to eight months working hard on the sidelines, getting my truck license. That was fun. You know, forklift license. There's all sorts of other little endorsements you can get. Mm. And these are just other pieces of big equipment that you are allowed yeah. to operate. Yeah, yeah. there's forklift. There's, um, I have a dangerous goods license. I have, you know, construction industry licenses. There's an absolute ton of things. You know, so with your design background, if you are working a forklift of some warehouse somewhere, are you going to like arrange the boxes in some kind of pleasing <laughs> symmetrical design? Or I think at the beginning, I'll just be doing it however the foreman yells at me to do it. Okay, right, do it faster. Right, right. Okay. It's probably the... I just have the feeling like a couple of years on the job, you're going to be making these crazy like displays. Oh, probably. <laughs> I mean, one of the one of the great things, apart from forklifts, is that you know you see in the states and you see it, well, you see everywhere actually. You, if you if you take a look at it next time you're on the highway, you'll see some beautifully looked after trucks, right? And semis driving around, and I'm quite interested in that side of it as well. You know, people spend an awful lot of time and money just keeping their rigs polished and clean, and you know, so oh, it's like be... it's like people with their Harleys, right? Yeah, you know, it's, where, it's where they're exactly outside like just that. making yeah. them gorgeous. Yeah, so people put a lot of spare time into it, cleaning them and keeping them nice, and it's a pride thing. So that's really interesting to me that you are going 
from immersed in the tech business to wanting as little to do with the tech business as possible, right? Yeah, a, I mean, is that what's going on? It's a it's a total switch. And how much how much of it is burnout and just disgust with the tech business, and how much of it is just ah, uh, you know, I, I could have been doing anything for the last twenty years. I just want to do something different now. It. I don't think any of it. Ah, oh, there is burnout from the tech industry. I think. I think that you know, was it was it JavaScript. Did yeah, JavaScript yeah. do it? Did JavaScript it kill you? JavaScript and React and uh, web, Webpack and all, and all that. Webpack, um, yeah. Uh, I just want to make a website, man. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> it definitely has had an effect on me. And I I've bet. tried, I have done some React courses and I have I have really tried to get into it. And right. I probably could have tried harder. But I, I just, you know, and I've had, the, I've had this massive urge to learn SAS and CSS and, mm-hmm. and over the years. And I, and I absolutely loved it. And I just could not get into, you know, things like CSS and JS and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I know. I know it's easier. I know it's better. It separates, you know, things out. And I, but I just couldn't get into it, and I couldn't find the love for it. And I, you know, that. So I mean, that, yeah, that is definitely part of it. Right. Um, I have been playing on Webflow recently, which I. Which I actually quite like. Um, yeah, was you, what did you think of that in terms of you still need some CSS skill and some HTML yeah, skill? But I'm actually, I'm thinking about just running a little sideline business doing websites right. solely in Webflow. Well, the great thing for you is that there's zero DevOps then because you can yeah. just click a button yeah. to host it and you're yeah. done. You and know? I think, you know, I'm going to be quite severely time limited now. And I know, you know, I've been looking over the last good few months trying to get a job in the trucking industry. And it's mm. amazing. The, like a lot of these industries, they have websites, but most of them are shocking oh yeah i mean really yeah, shocking yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. you know and they have them and, and so sort of just toying with the idea of a of a quick fast web flow based mm-hmm. design you know whether it's one page or you know four or five pages um, well i think it's it's where you bring the value right yeah. so if if in the website where the value really is is the design like if it's a relatively straightforward simple-ish site or whatever where there isn't a whole lot of gears turning mm, yeah. behind the scenes and the real value is in the design and the look then that's that's a perfect case for both you and web yeah. right? and i think Webflow yeah. as well does a great job of, of the uh the different screen sizes too it's actually quite i think it's quite neat how you just change the screen size and do what you want on that one and it just flows you know cascades down i mean it's, but, it's, and, and that's where i think the frustration builds though is a lot of these things are wonderful tools like webflow is a wonderful tool react is a wonderful tool but it's when you use that for everything or you use it for mm-hmm. things where it's not appropriate to be using mm-hmm. it so for instance almost every site that you would want to build in webflow would be a horrible choice to use react to build the yeah. website like yeah. it just would yeah. it's just a whole lot of tooling for not much return if it's like a simple brochure site but mm-hmm. on the other side of the fence uh, yep. using webflow to produce yeah, a larger course. site is just it's I mean, eventually it may get there. Like Vlad is doing some crazy stuff. It may get there eventually. But just when you need that programmatic layer, like that's not the right choice either. No, yeah, yeah. And I feel like where people, where the frustration builds is when the wrong tool is trying to be stuffed in to yeah. do, you know what I mean? And sure, you can you can generally, you can make it work if yeah. you need, if you, oh, if you sure. decide you want to, but yeah, you know, right. whether that's a good idea. And I, from playing on, or from using Webflow for the last, you know, the last kind of month and a half, it's a, it's a brilliant tool for yeah. simple brochure websites. I mean, Absolutely. It's, it's just, you know, it, uh, I like it because you it, it definitely helps if you have a good idea of how CSS works. Yeah, I think um, you need and, to whenever yeah. you get any any distance into it. I but think it, you need that. It, it, you know, it really allows you to, to do some quite fun stuff. And, 
you know, it's just, yeah, it's a great tool. For well, this, this wrong tool for the job reminds me of those. Have you ever seen those internet meme pictures of you had one job? Yeah. Where there'd be like all these tiles yeah. that are perfectly lined up and then one of them, whoever is making it, just said screw it and like cut it yeah, and it yeah, doesn't fit yeah. right. Well, that's, that's visually what it's like when you pick the wrong tool to build whatever the thing is that you're building. Mm. You know, and I think, you know, I've seen it, I've seen it go both ways where something too simplistic is used to build something too complicated mm, yep. and something too complicated is used to build something too simplistic. And then the people that are asked to do that, that's where you get burnt out and frustrated because yeah, you spend yeah. so much time trying to pound the thing into the wrong hole, you know? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, you know, going back to the what the original question of, of burnout, I don't I don't think it was so much burnout in the tech industry. It's just more burnout in life as you get to, you know, whether it's a midlife crisis or not. I don't, mm. you know, it's more just as you start to, you know, not that I feel like I'm nearing 50 all the time, but, right. you know, you are in reality starting to get on a little bit. Um, yeah. And I just think, well, if I get to 70 um, and I have another, you know, not that I'm going to work in the tech industry probably till 70 but let's just say it's 70 and then think why didn't i go and try that truck driving mm-hmm. that long haul trucking that i wanted to try and i sort of came to the decision that yeah i've got to do it and when i did make that decision every i suddenly felt you know you had that sort of free that lift of in yeah. life of like hey this is and, actually and you actually feel something Right, you don't yeah. have the the numbing repetition yeah. of this day is the same as the last day, yeah. which was the same as the last hundred. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And you know, so I did, yeah, I felt this sort of like this this kind of hey, this is this is the right thing to do. You know, and it's scary. It's it's t- absolutely scary. But you're, it, and um, I mentioned to you this when we were talking privately. At least you're feeling something. Yeah, exactly. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, the, and the and the other thing is, sometimes well, being the, scared is good. Yeah, you know. You know, I've got the fear of actually driving the truck. Yeah, um, right. Plus, I've got I've just got the fear of changing industry. Sure. Um, you know, I'm I'm starting at the bottom, so I'll be earning less money. Yeah. Um, you know, this I'm having to move closer to where I'm working, and and you know, I live on the coast now. I'm having to move further inland in the city. To your point, so like in the tech business, and you probably have seen this with some serious like developers that you work with that are very tunnel vision, and it's it's all about the tech. Yep. And there's nothing else. You know what I mean? And you don't want to intervene in someone's life but you know someone like you who has life experience you could be like you know hey look you're going to reach a certain point in your life where you're going to look back and you'd be like what what did i miss <laughs> you yeah, know like yeah. what did i not do yeah. like so as um and i'm biased because that i saw my life in, in a different way so i was doing programming stuff when i was in my teens right mm. and the path for me then and I, I was even like working at some companies over the summer before college and all that the traditional route would be okay study computer science you know, yeah, and go that yeah. way. I ended up studying photography because I didn't want to be just a, a not well-rounded person, you know? And then when I, I, I eventually got talked out of doing that for reasons that I won't go into. <laughs> I wasn't that great at it for one thing, but also it was right at the cusp when being able to make a career as a photojournalist was almost gone, right? It was yeah. like, it was going, going away. And Actually, no, I'll say it real quick because it is relevant to Australia. So it, I was friends with a guy named Rick Smolin, who was a photographer for National Geographic, which if, if you are a photojournalist, that is like the, mm, yeah. the pinnacle. Absolutely. Like you are working at Think Mill, yeah. you know what I mean? And he came, I knew him because he bought my software, he used my stuff, and he came to my college to give a lecture. And we went out for drinks afterwards, and he's like, yeah, look, you know, Andrew, to be honest with you, you should keep doing this computer thing that you're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and I, and I think, you know, part of that, he was probably being nice because I probably wasn't that great. But what he was also saying was like, look, what you're going to do is you're going to hold someone else's bags for the next, you know, five to 10 years. And the business, quite frankly, is really getting difficult and don't think you're going to be me. Mm, yeah. And he didn't mean that in a, yeah. you know, a snotty way. He just meant, look, I got lucky, man, you yeah. know? And there are only so many positions of that kind. So I took that to heart, ended up doing the computer stuff. But once the company was reasonably successful, like I was going, I was spending my money, like going off on vacations and a lot of the crazy scenarios that I put people into on the show, like diving in Papua New Guinea and all that stuff, like that's stuff that I went and did. Mm. And I look at some people in the tech business, especially like kids in their teens and their twenties. And I'm like, man, you know, it's great that you're getting really good at this stuff but there's other stuff out there yeah yeah i mean i'm certainly i certainly wouldn't want to try and talk anyone out of the tech industry i think it is a fantastic industry but don't make it don't make it be the only thing you know absolutely and i you know if i can say one thing on the other reason that i didn't really you know go off and try to live my dreams is that for you know for years like a lot of people I was subconsciously worried about what other people would think mm, um, right. and that's a you know that's another topic in it in its entirety but you I, know, I'm, I, I'm just generally insensitive that I don't care well I, I don't care either it's more I'm, I'm quite outspoken but you know when it comes to changing your entire life that's and true you're, and you know it's scary man you're right it's a you know and especially going from something which a lot of people see as a really you know well that's a that's a pretty amazing industry to be in right to going to be a truck driver which a lot of people think what the hell you want to do that for right right and so i was always worried you know i I always thought maybe i should go and do that you know and then i'm no i won't or i'd mention it to someone they go what do you want to do that for that'd be boring well this is like the movie office space which is one of my favorite movies of all time if you haven't seen it we'll put a link in the show notes you should totally watch office space but you know there are a bunch of guys that are working these mind-numbing jobs in silicon valley and at the end of it one of the main the main protagonists ends up working a construction job and his friends come over and say hey we could get you a job over at inu tech or whatever and he's just like no man i'm good (laughs) like i'm good i don't need that yeah so uh, once i decide once i decided no look i'm just going to do it and i remember when i first was going to go and get my license the truck license i was i wasn't really planning to tell anyone i was just going to go and do it right and i was just gonna i wasn't it wasn't that i was going to keep it a secret it was just that i thought instead of going on about it i'll just go and do it and then i'll I'll have it and i'll see you know and then once i started telling a few people that i was thinking about it and why i was thinking about it i was amazed at the response of people actually saying good for you go yeah, and live, good on go you, and live your dream yeah good. <laughs> and there's a you know there's actually the majority of people said you know bloody go for it you know and they right were, you know there was people saying oh, i'm so jealous or envious of you going off and, and trying this thing and it was it's actually been a really good experience yeah um and you know i was always worried which you shouldn't be about what other people think and that, right that's for young guys and girls that's the, that's one piece of advice that I think is crucial is just don't worry about what other people think about what you want to do, you know? It's tough because we're we're social animals. And, I know. But and, and I think we are closer to wild animal than a lot of people want to admit. You know, you're walking around in your nice suit. You think you're very sophisticated, but it doesn't take much for that veneer to be peeled yeah. away. And yeah. we are kind of slaves to our, our biology to some extent or another. But you're right. I mean, that's something I try to tell my kids. And it's not, it's not easy, but I try to tell them. I remember saying, like, whose opinion of you is the most important yeah and my kid was just like you know my my friends no mom dad no i'm like no you like your opinion of yourself yeah is what matters more than anything else you know and you know i to you know gary v the uh the motivational speaker Mm. i'm not i don't really watch much of his stuff but i do remember seeing something once where you know he was talking about really don't care don't give a shit 
sorry, excuse me, about what other people think. Right. And it wasn't just that, like, he, he said, you know, your your friends, your family, he said even your kids, you know, and I've got a mm. son who's 15 now. And right. that was a really interesting point because you do, you might not think about it if you don't have kids, you know, you might not know this, understand this yet, but you do kind of think about what your kids are going to think of Sure. Um, and he was saying, don't even, you know, seriously, it's not like just, just flat out ignore their, you know, their interests and, mm-hmm. and their needs. It's more just don't let that stop you f- from doing something that you really want to do, you know. Yep. And, um, but also you're teaching your son a lesson. So first of all, what it is that you're going to do, I don't think matters, right? It doesn't at all. Absolutely not. The fact that it, it's truck driving for you, like that's fantastic. But that's not the part that matters. The part that matters is you're going off to do something you've always wanted to do. You're pushing your comfort zone and you don't want to die being like, I wish I had done that. That's exactly you know, I wish I had yeah. tried that. That's the lesson yeah. that your, your kid may not even know it yet, but that's the lesson that you're teaching. It is. Yeah, and um, I have actually, I've spoken to him about this, you know, try to try to explain to him my reasoning of doing things and, and, you know, just exactly try to push that message to him. And, you know, I've said to him, like, if if your dream was, for example, to become a street cleaner. Yeah. And that was your dream? Yeah. Well, you go for it and do it, you know, yeah. and he's like, oh, do it. Well, he may not get it now, right? Yeah. And he's also, he's 15, so he's at an age yeah. where, <laughs> you know, he, he hates you, doesn't want to talk to yeah. you. Like, these are all Absolutely. normal. Yep. All normal things. But even if he doesn't get it now, I think at some point in his life, he is going to get it. And he'll be in a situation where he's not happy doing what he's doing. Yep. And he'll be like, you know what? I can just do what my dad did. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. Yeah. And I think, you know, we do have that sort of predefined route of, of life, you know? Right. Go to school, do well at school, go to university. Yep. Do well at university, get a job. I mean, it's not that people do change their jobs a lot now, and they might sort of shift around, and you know, you might stay in the tech industry, but you know, some people are producers, and they go on, you know, they go on to do some development or, sure. or whatever. Um, so you do kind of move around. There is, it is a lot more than there used to be in the in the past. Yep. But again, you know, there's no reason to say just I'm going to scrap everything that I've been doing for now. Right. You know, sure, I've done done five six years of university or whatever and i've done i'm going to go off and and you know run a hotel on some island or sure. whatever you know yeah. whatever it, may whatever be. it is yeah. Yeah. yeah um don't let anything you know stop you from realizing that all and right so here's a hard question for you though so you envision yourself you're a year into doing the trucking stuff yep right and the boss that you work for finds out that you're a good designer and they really need help with their company website and they say, hey, Matt, you know, I heard you're good at this stuff. You want to do this? I'll pay you double what I pay you for the trucking. What are you going to say to well, them? Well, I'm already, <laughs> find that interestingly enough, I already pitched a re- redesign of the company. Oh, come Sorry. on. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm already, I'm already halfway through that site, actually, Andrew. Oh, you haven't even started and you're doing it already. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I start all tomorrow. Right. I start driving tomorrow, but I'm already halfway through the website. You know, and I've also put that in all the CVs that I've been sending out. I, I, I put on there that these are the these are the skills I have in the industry so far, which is bugger all um, right. I have some of the licenses but I don't have a lot of experience but I've also put in the, as a little footnote on all the CVs that I do have design experience mm. and I've designed pretty much everything from print to apparel to websites to apps and it would be a shame to just chuck all that away completely so if we need to do you know if you guys need to do something but do you think that that could potentially hurt your chances of getting a job because they would look at it and be like well this guy doesn't need us true you know like he's coming from a completely different industry. He doesn't need us. Like, do you think that could hurt you at all? Um, probably not. It's mm. not not in this industry in particular because number one, it's. I mean, it took me two days to get a, a heavy truck license. Okay. Um, I'm on a heavy rigid, which means you can't pull a trailer. You have to. It's like a tray truck at the moment. Okay. Right. I've got a few yep. more months of that left. The problem is in Australia, it works differently to the states. Is that 
you cannot get a job without experience and you can't get experience without a job. So it's an absolute sure. classic catch yeah, yeah, turn. Yeah. The yep. main reason is for insurance. A lot of companies, they won't take you on until you've been driving for two years because the insurance company won't insure them, which makes it really, really hard to get into the industry. And I've been trying all sorts of under, you know, it's mm. like rather than just looking around for jobs, I've been networking on Facebook and LinkedIn, and which I don't normally do. Well, um, you could tell them. All right, I'll do this site for you, but you have to give me some routes or something. Yeah, you know, yeah. I know I've, or routes. I should routes. say routes. Route, route means you... route means something very different in Australia. No, I'm from New Zealand. We call it routes. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it does mean something different. Yes, here. it does. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, get, like I'll do this website design for you for half price, but you have to give me some routes, you know? Yeah, it's, I think, you know, I managed to wangle my way into this into this one job that I'm starting now, and I'm pretty grateful for the for the guys to give me a chance. Yeah. It has been hard to get in somewhere. Sure. Um, just now, is it a union business, the trucking? No, here? not here. Really? Okay. It used to be, I think. I don't think it is here now, though. So I'm pretty grateful to be able to get in there, and I've got a lot to prove and a long mm. way to go. You know, right. I'm starting right. at the bottom, and it's hard to start at the bottom as a someone who's been at the top of, or, you know, at the relative top of the industry for for quite a while and you're yeah. going to the very bottom of another one. It's humbling, right? Yeah. It's got to be humbling. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've, I've approached it with the, I'm here to learn. I'm like a blank slate. I want to do everything properly. I'm going to listen to all the old guys. Yep. Um, and, and a lot of, you know, a lot of the trouble in industries these days is that the young guys don't want to listen to the older guys because they know everything and, you know, whether it's this millennial <laughs> kids these days or I don't <laughs> old know, man screams at clouds there's quite a lot of that so I've sort of gone and said look I just want to learn properly yeah right I'm, I'm you know I'm happy to do anything it takes to get in there and to do it properly right if I was a young guy yeah sure I'd probably come in and start as a yard hand or something mm. or, or a, okay. a loader or something if I was in my 20s but I'm I'm not really and I don't really have time to muck around sweeping right. floors well okay so how about another scenario for you so Dominic from Think Mill mentioned this to you is that you know in in the span of the next five or ten years you might have self-driving trucks oh, yeah. <laughs> where you could just be like you know you could be like hanging out to make sure everything's okay you could be doing you know full-time design work on the job while that's going on what do you think about that and as i replied to dominic when he when he told me that i said i can't think of anything worse <laughs> <laughs> interesting and i've had a few people questioning me on that and i think these days as well especially with global warming and pollution and things and it's yeah. you know i i welcome electric and and self uh, possibly self-driving but electric and you know less pollution but yeah, right. you know when i when i'm thinking about living my dream mm. in the in the big machinery industry it certainly wasn't silent electric vehicles that we right. monitor on it you know it was dust and diesel and dirt and you know yeah. and grit and you i know, think you'll still get all the dust and the dirt uh, especially I, I if you're out back yeah. no matter yeah. what you're in <laughs> i don't think that i think we've got a few i mean that was another reason for me to try and get into it now is that mm. I'd, I'd, I'd like to rather than sort of you know, sitting in these big Tesla electric trucks mm. that, that look weird. You know, that yeah. wasn't what I really dreamed about when I was a kid. You know, it was right. these big Kenworth and Peterbilt trucks, which, you know, the big two big ones in the States and, and Kenworth here. You know, big shiny chrome and yeah. you know, big, you know, and that was back in the BJ and the Bear. And um, So you, you don't want to be in like a little capsule that's kind of sitting not, in, no, sitting inside of a... Worse. Yeah, I want, the, I want the proper noise and the and old It, it doesn't even have a windshield? Like you're just yeah, sitting there and there's a, right. a, a TV just, screen or something? Well, you just like drones. You're just sitting it in yeah. some bunker somewhere. Well, that's actually the interesting thing. So it could be like, you know how they've got those crazy military drones mm. where the people that are actually piloting them can be all the way around the mm. world. It could eventually be the same for something like trucking because it, it could it, be, you it, could be sitting, ironically, you could be sitting in a room somewhere. 
<laughs> just like you did when you were in the tech business, like driving the truck. Yeah, yeah. And I think <laughs> I, I think that will happen. In fact, something like that. Is, I mean, it, it, it will happen. Oh, I can't even imagine. Like ten, 10 years from now, Matt is sitting in a room <laughs> driving his truck, going, "What the hell happened? Like, I was trying to leave this. What's going on?" Well, man? I mean, it's going to happen to a lot of industries. I think. Yeah. Um, you know, drones is a, is a huge one. I've, I'm also training to get my pilot's license at the moment. I'm, I think I'm about eight hours in at the moment. I've had to put that on hold while I get this other career up and up and running. But again, you know, drone pilots sitting in in a room somewhere, especially military drone pilots flying drones over yeah. and you know over in Afghanistan. You know, I actually else. have run into a strange number of crazy bush pilots from New Zealand. Yeah, I'll in, in, some, yeah. Well, like, you know, like in, in Central America and all these places, there'll be some like crazy New yeah. Zealand guy who's, who's just there flying like this tiny little bush yeah. plane from place to place. It's very New I Zealand. can see you do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, can totally see you doing that. I, that was, you know... Operating some route uh, in Papua New <laughs> yeah, Guinea. Yeah, well, I've know? actually thought about doing that as, yeah. a, uh, as a job as well. And before, and I've always been interested in flight as well. So I'm, I am, I, before I started doing my trucking license, I was actually getting my flying license it's a lot more expensive and a lot more time consuming right and you know i'm, I'm still going to continue to do that i've still got another before i get the first recreational pilot's license part i've got about 10 hours left but i was thinking about yeah becoming a pilot mm-hmm. i never wanted to i've always been interested in cargo for some reason okay like there's something about cargo you want to start your own freight. cargo call so if i was if i was going to well if i was going to fly yeah I wouldn't like to fly people. I'd like to fly cargo. Okay. I don't know if that... I honestly don't, I can't answer why. Do you know what the cargo cults were, though? Yeah, I do. You could start your yeah. own cargo cult. Yeah, yeah, some yeah. random. You could yeah. just be randomly flying over some islands in the South Pacific and just pull the cord and drop yeah. some cargo yeah. out, and exactly. pretty soon they'll be worshipping you. They'll be, right. They'll be statues <laughs> with your effigy up there, you know? Yeah, there's probably a few of them around already, actually. No, those are wanted posters. That's a different, <laughs> that's a different thing, yeah. man. <laughs> same, same. Yeah, same, same. So... The interesting thing about this to me is you're, you're trying something out. You've always wanted to do it. If in a year from now, you, you're like, you know what? This actually yep. sucks. Yep. Well, whatever. No harm, no foul. You and know what I mean? You know, the, the hard thing was, was first making this decision of leaving. But right. then, I, then I decided to, you know, I've, I've been thinking about it an awful lot. And I thought, well, hang on a minute. I'll just treat it as a working holiday. Mm. If, it's a, if it's not what I think. And, it, and yeah. I'm sure there's going to be parts of it that I'm going to absolutely hate. Sure. You know, I'm going to, you know, like all jobs. And there's probably parts I'm going to love. And whether it's the dream that I had when I was a kid or not, does, it doesn't really matter. Because I'll, if it doesn't work out, I'll do it for a year. I'll yep. learn an awful lot of things over that year about me and about different you know different things that go on in the world and I can go back into design or I can go and do something else but rather than seeing it as like I'm making this decision that is going to just change everything for the rest of my life yep it's not the be all and end you know it's not yeah it yeah. Worst case, a working holiday. Hey, I did this amazing thing for a year. I went off and drove trucks around and had to yeah. some new, learn some new things. And I wouldn't say it was um, a dream necessarily, but I still remember in the fifth grade, I did this book report on the Galapagos Island, right? And I thought it was the most amazing thing. Like they had all these crazy exotic animals over there and always wanted to go there. And in my, oh God, I think in late 20s, early 30s, I got an opportunity to go there on a liveaboard boat where we, we dove like uh, scuba diving all around the Galapagos. And man, was it satisfying to actually yeah. complete something that I had thought about doing for ever since I was a kid, you know? Yeah. So that was super satisfying well, to do. That, that is a dream. I mean, yeah. that's, you, you know... Well, it wasn't like a whole career, though. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but I think, like, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's like the, the bucket list thing. I mean, yeah, I, sort I, of. I don't... Yeah. But it was more than a bucket list yeah, thing yeah. to me. Yeah, I think that I was going to say... It wasn't just, you know, I want to... Yeah. I don't really have a bucket list. Yeah. 
yeah. I sort of do things as I, you know, over the years as well as designing, I've been a DJ and I've DJ for a long time. You know, I've thought about different careers. I, go, I get, I tend to get really focused on what I'm interested in at the time. Right. You know, whether it's flight or, um, you know, crazy things like making bread or cheese and, you know, I've got mm. my, I make my own sausages and, and things like that. And I kind of thought about going off into these directions and, and becoming a boutique butcher. And, right. um, you know, so I've sort of thought about lots of things and I dabble in lots, you know, master of none at the moment but well that's that's hilarious that you're talking about making sausages especially because you remember i told you i thought you looked like uh turkish yeah from uh from the movie snatch yeah and the guy's always making the sausage five minutes turkish (laughs) right he's always cooking them up yeah 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 if you if you don't know that great movie really good movie so here's here's one thing that I want to get to. I think there are a lot of people that they've got a dream or if it's not a dream, it's just something they want to try. I think what stops a lot of people, I mean, yes, there is the just I'm already doing it. There's the momentum of what I'm doing. It's easy to just keep doing that. There's also the the fear, like you mentioned, you know, what are other people mm. going to think? Yep. But I think a big concern for a lot of people is the money, like yeah. f- financially. Absolutely. Like a lot of people are like, OK, Matt, that sounds wonderful that you get to take off and just, you know, drive around the country for a little while in a truck. But I can't afford to do that. Like, yeah. you know, like, it, has that been a struggle for it, you or a way to figure, like, you have to figure that out that's, too? But that's probably been one of the biggest struggles of all, yeah, I think. Yeah, right. it's got to be. I earn, I earn a fairly good wage now. And, you know, I've worked hard over the years to get to that point. Yeah. I'm taking probably, as of last week, probably a 50% pay cut. I would have thought it would be even more, probably to be more, honest. Probably more, yeah, yeah, something like that. And it's been that's been a huge concern. At the end, I tried to make it not the deciding factor because that would be silly. Right. Um, but it has played on me for quite a while. And, and, you know, I'm having to do things now like move house to a cheaper area. Mm-hmm. I live right on the coast. I love being on the coast. So I'm moving house to the to the out west Sydney. Out yeah, you told me you've there. never been there. You don't know what's I there. Know, I don't know. Yeah, but I've... <laughs> I'm moving out there and the rent is probably, you know, probably a third less or more and the house, you know, so I'm having to drop a lot of things and just, I'm going to, it's going to be hard. I'm, you know, no denying it's going to be hard, but I I never really was going to do this for the money. I've got to. Right. But you have to make a certain amount to live, right? So at some point you might have to make choices like you are with your housing and you might have to cancel, you know, your Netflix subscription or, you know, anything that's not necessary to allow you to then do this. I've actually done a lot of this already so yeah. I'm pulling off a lot of stuff that yeah um, and of course you've got all the other things like daily coffees and eating out and you know making your own food at home whatever mm-hmm. to take with that's you. huge but yeah that yeah. is huge but I would I would say it's easier to do it when you're younger before you've had children you know to make these decisions to go off and try something it's a lot easier to make to, to live on less money if you don't have responsibilities like children or a house I'm lucky in a way that I don't have a mortgage right that I don't have to worry about so I can I can move I do have my son and you you know, I'm very conscious of I don't want to make his life any right, of course, any less you know good than it is now by right. doing doing what I want. Like there is a, there is a part of being selfish to doing what you want, which right. is that's okay a, as long as you're not affecting, especially you know, especially your children's lives. It's true, but you know what? I mean, there there are other things to think about too. So I've met any number of parents that are in miserable dead end jobs and they're unhappy doing what they're doing and. They're working incredibly long hours and they're taking it out on their kids. Mm, you know, yeah. they're, they're being either not not that nice to the kids or not around or they're just not where they could be if they were doing something that they really enjoyed doing mm. or wanted to do. And you can't ignore the effect of that on your, yeah, on your children no, either, I think, you know. I, to, and that's, I mean, that's a great point. I, you know, would say that over the last few years I have been suffering from depression. Yeah. 
you know, it's not something to go on a lot. I think I'm probably one of the, what they'd call a, I can't remember if it's a high-functioning depressant, depressive, but it's where you can come across as being, oh, everything's great and fine, but actually right. everything's not really fine. Right. And I've been struggling with that. You know, there's there's a sort of loss of, the worst, the worst thing for me was losing interest in things that you love. Yeah. And that's a classic depression. Thing. Everything turns like a shade of gray. Yeah. Right? And you, just, you know what I mean? You know, you're yeah. just not that interested in doing right. things anymore that you used to love. You think, why not? And you, right. you know, I mean, I've had to read a lot and, and try and understand a lot of, of that. And I have to say, once I've made this decision to, to go and try this out, I, I, it's this feeling I haven't had for years and years and years. It like just, I said before, at least yeah. you're feeling something. Yeah. yeah you I mean, know what I mean? You know, yeah. it's sort of... Yeah, and I feel alive again. Nice, you know. And I and I certainly can't say that I've not enjoyed my time in the industry and the tech industry. And I may well come right. back into it. Right. I've had some amazing times, and I've you know it's been fantastic. But I, I was stuck in a rut, and it was not just a work rut. I mean, the work we, we've got some great clients here. I work remotely. It's fantastic. Sure. It's not so much the work I was doing. It was just the the whole the whole package of my life right. was you know this rut of like I'd get up and I'd do some great design and and but I'd get up the next day and do it. Again. Again and again and again, right? You know, <laughs> right, right, right. And twenty-eight right. years times, you know, it's it's a long time. At, at some point, it doesn't feel that much different than yeah. putting something yeah. together on an assembly line, yeah. right? And you, yeah, yeah, and and. It's sort of hard to explain, especially if you're new in the industry or you're still fired up and there's a lot of great, right. you know, and, you know, I, I could still keep on doing it, but I haven't felt this alive in years. And that's just so. it, man. I think that that summed it up yep. for me anyway, in terms of what this is about and why it's a good thing for you to be doing is that you were saying, I feel alive again, like I haven't in, in many, many years. Mm. Right. Yep. And that's fantastic. That's great. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it surprised me. You know, I've, I've still got a huge amount to, to learn and, and, you know, so I'm starting at the bottom of this industry that I really know not that much about mm-hmm. um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm terrified of course you know I'm terrified of a lot of things I'm terrified in a good way right yeah as you said like you know you're feeling things and I'm just excited to get going with it and just to nice just to learn some new things and see what happens well I think that's where we're going to leave you Matt we're going to leave you terrified but alive <laughs> but feeling alive at least for the next couple of days yeah right? alive hopefully longer than that yeah as long as well until the covid19 wipes you out and then it's all well, over. yeah that's when yeah, we yeah. go outside the hotel right. in a minute right? right but that about wraps it up for another episode of the devmo.fm podcast to have every episode sent to your device i'm doing this off the cuff i don't remember everything uh subscribe to our rss feed or subscribe in itunes or google play and if you like what we're doing please leave us a review on itunes that's a great way for to help people find the show for the devmode.fm podcast i'm andrew welch and matt Barron, formerly of think mill thank you for coming on my man thanks for having me it's been great yeah it's been a great conversation yeah, thank you let's see how let's see how we did oh, oh, I, think, I think we were right done a podcast so. yeah no it's going good no i mean really a podcast is just a, it's a conversation I mean, it's all it is talking, yeah. Yeah.